Hola, bonjour, hello. Let me ask you a question. Do you think it's possible to have a word language class where instead of teaching the language, the rules, and the vocab, you and your students use the language to enjoy learning about each other and the world? I hope your answer is a big yes, because that's exactly what you will discover inside Growing with Proficiency, the podcast. My name is Claudia Elliott, a Spanish teacher born and raised in Colombia, who is as passionate as you are to support our learners to grow in their proficiency and cultural competence. My goal is that in this podcast you find clarity, strategies, ideas, and inspiration that you can bring into your classroom the next day. Are you ready? Get comfortable while I grab my cafecito colombiano and let's start this conversation now. Hola, bonjour, hello. Welcome back to Growing with Proficiency, the podcast. This is episode two. Yeah, I just cannot believe it that I'm recording episode two. But today I have mi cafecito here with me, so I am ready to chat with you about three things I wish I knew as a first-year Spanish teacher. Now, let me tell you, when I learned these three things, I kept saying, why nobody told me about this? Now, in reality, maybe somebody told me, but I wasn't ready to hear it. Now, I don't know how long you have been teaching. I've been teaching for 17 years, and things in my classroom and in me as a Spanish teacher have shifted a lot. And I think that's a very good thing. 17 years ago, when I started teaching, I was totally brand new to the country. I had left Colombia and I came here, I got married and I had a new profession. So I was just really trying to focus. And at that point, I just focused on making the content of my textbook as fun as possible. I tried to find games. I tried to find songs that my students could sing to memorize some grammar endings. I was trying to create interactive PowerPoints. I even attempted to decorate my class. Now, none of that created much impact on my students' proficiency. Now, I know that what I really needed as a first-year Spanish teacher was to have a better understanding of how learners acquire the language and the implication that that has in my classroom. I just didn't need to be an expert. As a matter of fact, I'm not an expert, but I just needed enough clarity so the activities, experiences, and tasks that I designed for my class were more intentional. But again, I did my best with the information that I had So I'm not passing judgment. I did my best and I think I was a great Spanish teacher even in my year one. I have grown. I have become the teacher that I am today. And you know, and I know that this is not the end. I will keep learning and becoming a different teacher every day. And that's a good thing. Before we start with the three things, I wanted to, um, ha I have something for you. So this is, I'm recording this episode in October and October is a great month in my class because I do legends and my students love legends. So a few years ago, I put together five legends for my students in Spanish and they're different levels and they're from different countries. So if you can, if you want to get those legends in your inbox, go to growingwithproficiency.com forward slash legendas 
or you can find the link in the show notes. Also, stay with me until the end because I have a great invite for you. Okay, let's start with number one. What was the number one thing that I wish I knew as a first year teacher? You're going to be blown away, but I didn't know this. The first thing is that comprehensible input is the essential ingredient for language acquisition. I didn't find about Dr. Stephen Krashen until later in my career as a teacher. But when I read this, I was blown away. He says, the comprehension hypothesis states that we acquire language and develop literacy when we understand messages. That is when we understand what we hear and when we read, when we receive comprehensible input. I was, what? <laughs> so learners don't acquire the language through memorization of words and learning gr- grammar concepts? Nope, they don't. <laughs> we really cannot memorize a language. I'm telling you, I was 100% positive that my job as a Spanish teacher was that, was to help my students memorize this important vocab, I thought it was important, and understand all the tenses and the rules so they could use the language. So in my class, I focus on learning, teaching the language instead of using the language. I know, it's just kind of like common sense, but it wasn't for me. So wherever you are in your journey, it's okay. If you are like, oh, Claudia, I already know that, that's great. I know, we know it. This is awesome. And if you are like, what? Is That's okay too. We're here to grow and to learn. But now, before I move on, what is comprehensible input? Really? So comprehensible input is not a strategy. Comprehensible input is not an activity. Comprehensible input is the ingredient our students need to acquire the language. And that is the language. They has to be comprehensible and they need to hear it and they need to read it. Now, in my class, Spanish class, is going to be Spanish. So it's a Spanish that my students understand and that they hear and that they read. Now, I, I was kind of confused at the beginning, but then when I was reading while we are on the topic by Bilban Patton, by the way, I rec- highly recommend this book. Uh, the link is in the show notes. I think it was an incredible book. I still have it. I still read it. It's just super powerful. But Dr. Bilban Patton said, uh, gave an example, and he said, think about when you go to the supermarket and you're going to go and pay, and they have this scan, and they scan the barcode of your products. They need to scan that barcode only that barcode to be able to read and get the price of the product. Nothing else. No the image, no the site. And when that barcode is not clear, is not comprehensible to the scanner, it cannot scan. The same thing happens for language. So when we provide the language to our students, our students need to understand what we're saying or what they're reading in order to be able to scan that language and acquire the language. Now, what is the big implication in the class? The big implication in the class is that we need to use as much comprehensible language as possible, as much as comprehensible target language as possible in class. And when I understood this, then everything connected with the, with ACFAL, because ACFAL suggests that we use 90% of the target language in class. 
And I was kind of like, so why? I mean, like, how? And, you know, and, it, and it's, a, it's a work on progress. But the reality is that if we don't provide a ton of comprehensible input in our classes, our students will not acquire the language. Now, let's go to the second point, which is as important as the first one. While I was reading the book, while we're on the topic, then I found these lines in the book that really created an impact on me. And I, it took me like, I don't know, I had to stop, highlight it, stop, think about it, think about it, s- s- talk about it, <laughs> because it was big. So Bill Van Patten says, input in language acquisition is language that learners hear or see in a communicative context and for a purpose. And that was big for me because for so many years I used language not to not not a lot to be honest with you I didn't use a lot of target language in my class in the in my first years but I use it but the problem is that when I use language in my class I was using the language to practice a grammar concept I wasn't using the language to communicate a message so we use, uh, I ask my students to, you know, look at a picture and tell me, oh, imagine what, you know, I don't know, Martin did last weekend. And they have to try to say what Martin did the weekend based on the picture. But my intention was to practice the present tense. The same for tell me what Martin is going to be in the future. My intention was to practice future tense. Let's use the verb to like to talk about what this picture, these people like in the picture. My intention was to practice the verb to like. So when I was using the little target language that I was using in class, it wasn't to communicate a message. Nobody was doing interpretation, expression, and sometimes negotiation of meaning. It wasn't a meaning attached. The purpose was practice language. And when I read about this and then when I was listening to Bill Van Patten in all the podcasts and then I started learning for other language teachers, I understood that not only I have to use a comprehensible target language in class, but when I use the language, it has to be for a communicative purpose, at, at least most of the time. And what is a communicative purpose? To learn about us, to learn about the world or to have fun. So when I ask my students, what did you do this weekend, this past weekend? I really want to know what they did in the weekend. And we want to say, oh, I went to the movies with my friend. Oh, when did you go to the movies with your friend? Oh, I went on Saturday. Which movie did you watch? Oh, I watched this movie. And then you hear the class like, oh, me too, yo también. And then you start getting to know what your students like. So you are using the language, but you're using to get to know each other. or you are creating a character and you're using a story asking and you're creating a character and you are using colors and you're using adjectives, but you're not using colors and adjectives to memorize the colors or to find out that adjectives must to match in gender and number with the noun described. No, you are creating and having a fun and being creative in the class. So not only we need to use target language that is comprehensible in the class, but we need to use target language embedded in a communicative event for a purpose different than practice the language. That was my second aha moment. And now my third one is that I couldn't do any of that unless I build a strong community in my class. Now, I think that 
without the connections, without the culture, it's going to be really hard for me in my class to ask my students about personal stuff. Like, what is your, who is your best friend? Or who do you like the most in your family? Or what you like to do? Or what you want to be? Or what are you afraid of? Those are really personal questions. And unless we have this connection, they probably are not going to open up. Plus, we know how challenging and, and difficult our classes can be in the sense of you're always taking a risk. You're taking a risk to pronounce a word. You're taking a risk to see if you guess that word correctly, if you're making meaning. And those require for our students to trust us. I really like um, the book. I, I really love Brené Brown. And she has, I have read a couple of his her books. And in one of her books, she talks about this and being safe in the class. And I want just to read this to finish our episode. We must, and when, we, when she's saying we as teachers, we must be guardians of a space that allows the students to breathe and be curious and explore the world and be who they are without suffocation. They deserve one place where they can rumble with vulnerability and their hearts can excel. And what I know from the research is that we should never underestimate the benefit of a child of having a place to belong, even one where they can take off their armor. It can and often does change the trajectory of their lives. And I think that's why I always have a space in my class for activities that their only purpose is to build those connections and build that strong culture in my class. That was it for today. I hope that this three pillars, and these are becoming the three pillars in my class. And I hope they give you clarity, the same clarity that I need every day when I'm designing my lesson plans, when I'm thinking about activities or games for my class. But before I go, I have an invitation for you. So Jared and a Speaking Latino are bringing World Language Teacher Summit again, and is this weekend. And if you want a free ticket, you can go to the show notes to get the link. There are going to be 33 speakers, and I'm so honored to be one of the speakers this year. You need to check it out. It's full of great, great expertise, experiences, ideas, strategies. You want to check it out, and it's totally free. So Go and check my show notes and link and click on the link to get your free ticket. Now, know that if you choose to purchase the all access pass uh, after you register for your free ticket, then I may receive a small commission. Okay. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And if you enjoy it, please help me spread the word and share with a colleague, with a friend or social media. And if you do share in social media, don't forget to tag me in Instagram or Twitter at Claudia M. Elliott. And in Facebook, you can find me in my free Facebook community, Growing with, with, Growing with CI. Okay, check out the show notes for everything I mentioned in this episode and more. Nos vemos and have a great day.